And then even questioning God, like, why, like, why aren't you helping me with this? Like, why is this so difficult? I call it my bathtub moment. I was in my bathtub. It was dark outside. I had candles burning. I was, had been drinking wine. I was just so just depressed. And I was like, I just knew there was, there was two roads. Either I was going to stay where I was and it was not going to be pretty. And the other road was like, if I surrender, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I just felt this like download in my spirit that he said, well, you have to actually give it to me. Like, surrender it to me, and then I will walk with you. I'm Shelby Hosfield, Christian life coach, artist, writer, and follower of Jesus. I spent years turning my back on him after leaving the church, but he never gives up on us. Dear beautiful girl, we are here finding truth we never had, identity in who God truly says we are, and a genuine faith in Jesus after leaving the church. We're finding peace, true joy in our hearts, and we're answering tough questions, diving into Bible truths, discovering how to live in faith, and listening to gorgeous transformation stories from real-world gals. This is the Sunday School you wish you'd had. You are listening to Fighting Faith Above. about you, but many times in my life, I have become way too reliant on this world. Today, I'm talking to the host of Set Free Sisterhood podcast and alcohol-free coach, Michelle Porterfield. Michelle is a mama of three and wifey in South Carolina. Her mission is to help women learn that they have control over their thoughts and actions. And together with removing alcohol, she helps women see their values, strength, and a true identity while removing the stronghold of alcohol, renewing the mind, and rebuilding a life of fulfillment. Michelle accepted Jesus at a very young age, but reliance on other things of this world instead of a relationship with God led her down a path with a steep fork in the road. Michelle lovingly calls this her bathtub moment, and this would be the point that changed her life. Pull up a seat and let's dig into this amazing conversation from a woman who knows a thing or two about what it means to surrender, build the faith, and use his strength for good. Uh, we both found each other in the Stephanie Gass community, which is just a wonderful group of ambitious Christian women who are encouraging each other and love Jesus. And uh, most are mamas and just kind of working through life. And uh, so I wanted to just talk with you, Michelle, today and tell us a little bit about yourself to start with. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited. I love that community as well. I have met so many amazing friends in there. So it's beautiful. Yeah, so I am um, Michelle Porterfield. I am a host of the Set Free Sisterhood podcast and an uh, alcohol-free coach. And that's kind of just has become mid-40s for me. So I have been married 19 years. I have two biological girls and I adopted um, my son in 2017. And formally, and really still now, I do it part-time, but I have been a hairstylist for 17 years at the same salon. So it's kind of funny because I've always really enjoyed women and connecting with women and loving on them. And then it's just allowed me to kind of create a bigger impact. So that's a little about me. And I live in South Carolina. So you can tell a little bit by my accent. I got some Southern sound in it. So yeah, thanks for having me. That's so fun. Actually, I'm in the beauty industry as well. Um, and I do permanent cosmetics. And so I speak to women all day. And Ooh. that's really how I fell into doing podcasting as well, because I just love to speak with women also. So awesome. 
So the Finding Faith Above podcast is here to support women that are coming into their faith. So most of the ladies here listening today are at a place where they are seeking Jesus and uh, their stories of women who are Christian women seems to be the thing that makes the biggest difference with helping people to find faith. No matter who I talk to, no matter who I work with, uh, when they find other women's stories, it just helps us to grow. Um, and that's just how us women work is we like to hear each other's uh, stories and support. And uh, that's why I had you come today because I would love to hear your testimony and a little bit about how you came to find Jesus and what was that moment for you? So we'll just start at the beginning and okay. tell us all about how you found him. Okay, that's awesome. I love this because I'm fortunate to where I did grow up in a home uh, with Christian parents. And so I was introduced at an early age and I had a level of wisdom and maturity at a young age. So if I remember correctly, my first you know, awareness was around five. And um, I don't know if that's actually when I accepted him or more like eight, because I know for now, even with my children, there's a lot of awareness earlier, but there is an age where you really, you know, kids really need to get it. You want to make sure it's not something we want to play around with. <laughs> so, you know, and there's no, there's no rush when they're children. So I was really fortunate, awesome home. And then uh, I hit a rebellious streak in my teen years. And it's so interesting how it just came to me as we're getting ready to record this of how this can relate to what you were saying and that you've taught on your podcast about people kind of leaving and walking away from the church. So I was 16 when I remember this huge transition in our church. A new pastor came in. There was some people he asked to leave in the leadership. My mother had gone to this church for 40 years. And I remember we sat down and she was like, we're going we're gonna to leave because we don't really like how this is happening. And so I remember really that displaced kind of feeling at that age, which um, inside of the rebellion I was already feeling and dealing with, I really struggled in my teen years. And so I, you know, experimented with drugs and alcohol and sex and all these things, because now looking back, I was looking for something, looking for fulfillment. So then, you know, later in my life, probably early mid-20s, um, the cool thing is what I can remember, too, is that I know God never left. Once I accepted him, that's forever. I knew that my salvation was secure. I knew he was there, and thank goodness he was, because I had many moments of grace, <laughs> where I realized, wow, how did I make it through that? And there was a time later on that I, I spent a little bit more time in church. I met my husband. That was a big deal to us and taking, you know, my, our future family to church. And it, and it's crazy to think now, like we had gotten back into a very serious church. We loved it. We had small group connection and the leadership split again. And so we hit a stage in our I guess that would have been probably 30 or so where once again, we were displaced. And the, the thing I can, I can know for sure that they're looking back, there's definitely this, um, this flow and this undercurrent of leaning too much on maybe the church itself and the leaders versus that really true foundation with God and our relationship with him. So that shook us a little bit more than I think it really should have. 
Um, and then we went into season of life of helping with a church plant. And then now we've been in our church home for probably 10 years at this point, And it's amazing. So I think the biggest thing for me is throughout those years, there were times where I really wavered. And since then, as an adult, which we can go into this, you know, in a few minutes, um, I really have completely surrendered and it has been absolutely different. So I can say like my true turning point has even been as little as probably three years ago. Wow. So it's so fascinating that you say that because I find that's a big part of what is uh, kind of an issue, I guess you could say with a lot of us who listen to this podcast, um, is we came from a place where we relied so heavily on church that when you take that away, what do you have left? And that's really where a lot of people end up struggling. You know, is it, is your reliance then on church or is your relationship with Jesus. So can you remember like a certain turning point that really happened that really made you say, I am going to rely on Jesus as opposed to more on the church side of things? Yeah, I think when my, um, when both of my children were younger and, and I really came to a place that I just wanted to really re- re re up my life so to speak or rededicate I think we use those terms in you know the Christian faith and it was just a place where I knew then that I wasn't ever turning back and I would say my faith grew I continued to to know him more and see him in my life and as my story and um, as your listeners will hear more, even if they come check it out, as my story is a story of, I went to church, I had a faith, I was, you know, my mom working at the salon, you know, everything looked okay on the outside, yet every evening I was coming home and drinking a bottle of wine, because I was choosing the idol, even over my relationship, because I had allowed my life to become overwhelming, stressed out, I had to let the world become too heavy on me basically. And I knew the thing is about wine in the beginning is it works. You know, you're stressed out. It works. It's very temporary, but it does. And then what happens is you get to a place, you're like, wow, this really just isn't serving me anymore. And I'm starting to feel bad. I'm waking up at night with a bracing heart. I'm beginning to like have some serious negative, negative self-talk. Like what's wrong with me? I thought you were more disciplined with this. And like, you know, what's wrong with your faith? And then even questioning God, like, why, like, why aren't you helping me with this? Like, why is this so difficult? And then that led me to a place of when he basically said, you know, this was a little over three years ago. I was, I call it my bathtub moment. I was in my bathtub. It was dark outside. I had candles burning. I had been drinking wine. I was just so just depressed. And I was like, I just knew there was, there was two roads. Either I was going to stay where I was and it was not going to be pretty. I was miserable. I was stuck. My marriage was falling apart. My relationship with my children were terrible, but nobody knew, but me, everything looked so good on the outside. And the other road was like, if I surrender, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And God basically when I say spoke to me, because that's kind of confusing too, when, when you hear people say that, I just felt this like download in my spirit 
that he said, well, you have to actually give it to me, like surrender it to me. And then I will walk with you. So I realized that I had been doing all that stuff on my own, by my own strength. And that's what he said. He was like, give it to me, girl. And that was August 8th of 2018 was the last day I drank wine. And now I get to help other women do the same thing. So it's cool. I love that. So that would be your surrender moment. I think that was so, such a fascinating word and how it impacts people is huge. So I had heard that my whole life that, you know, I surrender to Jesus, surrender to God, surrendered. And I never understood what that meant Mm -hmm. until I, I guess I had my bathtub moment (laughs) where I was at that moment where literally I said exactly what you said. I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do it on my own. And I, to me, that is the definition really of surrender is when you recognize that we can't do it on our own, but that's okay because God comes to us with open, open hands and says, I'm going to bring you up. Uh, Is that how you would define surrender too? (laughs) Yes. And honestly, I see surrender as strength because, you know, sometimes, especially on the removing alcohol journey, um, a lot of groups and places say, you know, you have to really speak that you're powerless. And that never really set well with me because I didn't believe it. That's not who I am. That's not my identity. So for me, it was more of surrender means understanding that he is the most powerful and that I'm going to live in his strength instead of my own. So if I'm living in his strength, then I'm super powerful then because I'm aligning it with him. And for me, it's surrendered action. Cause then I feel like that's when he says, you know, this isn't for you just to sit back and kick your feet up. It's time for you to take action, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you're an alcohol-free coach because this speaks to my gals so much in such a very different way. So growing up in the church, I did obviously drinking is off the table. Like there is no drinking, but you do it because that's what the rules are. Not because necessarily it uh, brings you closer to God or it changes things. It's because that's what the rules are. And I find that a lot of women, when they leave the church, then they kind of indulge (laughs) and they just go the other direction completely because now you've taken all the rules out. So now that you've taken the rules out, it's like, well, I, there's not really a defining balance in there as to what exactly is right and wrong. It's, you know, everything's a little bit more ambiguous. So I'm just going to indulge. And I find a lot of women when they leave the church end up drinking quite a bit. Mm. So that's, that's interesting that that is what you do. So what would be what you would say the reason why you felt like that was such a big thing that you needed to change And how does it work now? I mean, as opposed to like being a rule, how does the not drinking help you with your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it never really was a rule other than in my home. My parents were really strict. Um, And honestly, I grew up in the more of the, I would say more legalistic Baptist faith. So it was kind of the don't drink, don't smoke, don't dance, wear pantyhose and dresses and all the things that I did. I want to do the opposite, right? (laughs) And cuss, don't cuss either. So um, 
there was that rebellion, like I said, in me, that kind of natural rebellion. And then the enemy, I think that's the thing is like, we have an enemy. And so he knows our weakness. And so he's going to scoot in and all the seasons of our lives and go, aha, this is her thing. Let me just kind of dangle that in front of her a little bit more. And so for me, anything to that, well, there's a couple of things, anything that becomes so much more important than most other things is an idol. And anything that we go to regularly to cope is an idol. And it's typically something that has some sort of addicted property to it, whether it's alcohol, pornography, sugar, social media, spending money. It could be, I always say people, you can drop down anything into my conversation and what I went through. Mine just happened to be wine. So what it was is that I finally came to the place where Instead of going to other places for like, oh, I'll just do a 30-day detox to get healthier. Oh, I'll, I'll join this Bible study or I'll, this women's group or, you know, I'll do different things. I was still turning my attention to some sort of fix or replacement. And God basically said, no, we're removing this because this is the thing that needs to go so that now I can get in there and basically mold you. And so that you can become the woman that I designed you to become. And now I know that, you know, I'm not one too, that either I don't have regrets. I don't have any, I don't carry any guilt and shame. I actually was just celebrating with a friend this morning. Like if I had not had that journey, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today. And I'm able to help women change their lives. And then they change their family's lives. Like it is absolutely worth it. And so that's how my faith has grown, because once I took that out, I had to totally rely on him. I had to focus on him. And then I had to really just take daily action, you know, align with what he said, the renewing of the mind, and then really start rebuilding my relationships, setting boundaries, creating this new routine that built more on aligning with my values. And it's just the process that I took. And since by doing that, like my faith has, I, I said 10x last year. So maybe it's like 20x this year. That's just how good it is. I wake up looking forward to my quiet time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. How did your family react to this change in you? Well, I'm going to tell you, if, if you ask me probably what's the one thing, if I had to pick one thing about that I love and appreciate is my relationship with my daughter my oldest, because she was old enough to get it and understand what mom was doing. And we would argue and get snippety with each other. And she's 17 now. So yeah, she was in her early teens when all that was going on. And it has just like, we have the best time. We laugh. She tells me all the things she shares her innermost thoughts and hurts and secrets. And we, she trusts me. She feels safe with me. And that has only been built since doing this. That would never have happened if I had continued because you're not, I I wouldn't be authentic. So, and then my husband and I, he was super awesome. Um, He was just really patient the whole time. And he knew we would have conversations and he didn't never understand it. And I will say, if anyone's listening, the one thing I can tell you is no matter what, your spouse will not understand. Even if you try to tell them like, this is what I'm going on and this is what's happening. They're on the outside and they've got their own struggles. So 
it's going to be really hard for someone that hasn't walked that path to really, really get it. And that's okay. As long as you're just open and say, Hey, cause I remember in the beginning too, and this is what I teach my clients. Like we have to really set some clear boundaries, but we also have to get our family on the same page. Cause there's some days where, you know, you're really, you're not in a great mood and you know, the, the not so nice version of you is coming out. And so you might just need to remove yourself and go to your room and read a book or just rest. And they need to know that, that you're doing that in order to become that mom and wife that you want to become again. Yeah. And I think that's so true with any idols that you put in front of you. And you mentioned that quite a bit already. So what do you mean by idols for someone who isn't really aware of how that works within faith? What were you meaning by that? For me, that means anything that takes my, my loyalty, my thoughts, my feelings, and it takes more of that from me than God. Cause he says, do not put anything before me. And now any circumstance, I, I, I go to him. I think, okay, what, how, how, how do I need to handle this? I talk to him, even your friendships, friendships can be an idol. If you're constantly going to that friend and you may have an awesome friend. I do. We have great conversations. We have deep conversations, but if I continue to go to her and look from, even if her, even if her, you know, expressions and her uh, answers or her help came from being spirit led, that's great. But he has to be first above everything. And I think that's the thing is, and then you have to really pay attention because there again, the enemy, the enemy can pull something else. You know, it could be just distraction because there is a season two when you're removing something like this that sometimes we can put, we can do a little distraction, you know, it's like a little strategy. Okay. If you're, if you're feeling this way, instead of drinking, do this, do this. Same thing with eating. I know some people, there's some teachers that do that, but eventually it's more of being the more aware and in control of your actions. And when our thoughts are renewed and when he says that, you know, by the renewing of your mind, then we will think about him. We will think about his word. And that's the thing is even now, sometimes when I speak and I realize that like, I'm pulling all these truths out of my heart, like three or four years ago, five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. The only reason I can do that now is because I've spent time with him. There's nothing special about me. I can't tell you, Oh, that's in John three 27. Like I have no idea. And he doesn't require that of me. He doesn't say, okay, now when you're talking about me and you're talking about my word, you got to be able to tell people where to go to find it. No, because I have it in my heart. And so I know the truth so I can speak that. But then I can also say, if you really go, okay, well, how can we find that? Oh, there's tools to find it too. And what would you say is the thing that brought you closest to him? Is there something that you do to get to know him better on a daily basis? Yes, it is spending time journaling my thoughts on the, I use the YouVersion Bible app that just works for me because I love their little devotional plans. I love how I can search up, you know, if there's something going on in my life, whether it's, you know, something I'm feeling or something I'm struggling with and it has, you know, a little devotional and then some verses that are attached to it. So with that, I do a system called SOAP 
S-O-A-P. So basically that is when you write the scriptures S and then you observe it. And this is just from the outer perspective. So if um, those are listening, if you write down the verse and then you're looking at it and say, okay, so what do I observe about this verse? And then the A is, how does this apply to my life right now? And then P is prayer. And that literally could take five or six minutes. It doesn't have to be this big deal. And what that allowed me to do is really like look at a verse in such a microscopic way that I could apply it to my life and I could go, oh, okay. And that's what really started taking root. And then the next step is serving. I serve other women and I share that with them. And the more I, the more I share and the more I teach and the more I coach, my relation gets stronger with him because I ask him, he's in, he's in the sessions with me. You know, I ask him to, to bring it out of me. So that's it. Yeah, for sure. And it is amazing how many women that I talk to that say the thing that really truly made the difference was having another woman to be able to speak with about this and and talk with them. Did you find that to be true for yourself? Did you have uh, women involved with your journey in faith as well? Oh, absolutely. And even more so now, because that's the people I seek. Mm -hmm. We hear this terminology in the fitness industry, the growth industry, anywhere, but to surround yourself with the most, the five people that are the most influential or that you want in your circle that will encourage you and they lift you up and they'll challenge you and that you can trust. And so now I have, it's amazing how to think about it. I'm 46. I have more real, honest, just deep relationships now than I have ever in my entire life. And that's because of who I am, that I'm capable and I can show up as that kind of friend. And so I attract those people and I look for them and I find communities like ours and that's where they are. It's so funny. I would say the same thing. I don't think I had like a good close group of girlfriends for years. And mm-hmm. I swear in just the uh, shortest amount of time that I have been, you know, really following Jesus and God's word and just going where he leads me, I have the best closest women around me that are just amazing. It is wild how he puts that constantly in front of us when we're open and we're, we're listening to him and um, just the fellowship that you can have with other women. I think it just helps to grow your faith so much. So mm-hmm. I totally agree. How do you feel like he's working in your life right now? What do you think is the biggest thing that he's uh, driving you towards and, and helping you with right now? Um, I really think it's him continuing to help me really fine tune my message in the world, whether it's through the podcast and the women that I'm serving. And honestly, I had probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had last night on a coaching call. I had been working with a woman. We've been working together for four or five months. And whenever we first met, it was strictly for alcohol free support and to go through the program and be coached and help her with anxiety and all the things that I do. And then she began to just kind of ask, like, tell me about God. Like, who is this person? And then she was like, you know, you've got something, there's something different 
Like, what do you have? I want that. <laughs> and it was very jokingly, but like, I was like, huh. I was like, that's, that's the piece that I have. And so just over this journey, we have talked about it. We had a conversation yesterday and I realized that she had really been learning about God. She knew so much. She knew about his word and perseverance. And she knew about the burning bush and, you know, 40 years in the desert and all these things that I knew that she'd really been reading. But I realized that she had not yet truly accepted Christ as that next step. And so I asked her and she said, yes. And I had the chance to leave, lead her in a prayer of salvation just yesterday. Oh my goodness. That gives me chills. I love that. Yeah, I love it was that. Really cool. It was like the most amazing experience that I've ever had because m- most women have some faith that come and we're looking to reignite it and grow it like mine. But then I realized, and that's why this conversation came up with my friend this morning that I was saying that I don't regret a thing because the only reason that woman was in front of me was because of my journey. So it was huge. Isn't it so funny that sometimes we wonder like, why are we here? What are we doing at this moment? Why did God put me in this class or, you know, doing this job or whatever? Uh, And my sister and I actually were talking about that the other day. And we said, you know, maybe it's just because that's the one person that God needed you to talk with and to reach, you know, and if he, if you're able to just bring one person to him, you know, Mm -hmm. is it worth it? I, I think he says, yes. Yes. I think he says yes. So, and if we were just to look at that, our circumstances in our lives that way, like how much better would we show up if that's how we looked at it? That's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think is the one thing for all those ladies listening out there that are looking for faith right now? The one thing that you would say to help them to find that faith? Is there something that you would say to help them and guide them to move towards faith? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a couple things. Um, because what just came to me was what my friend who just now is my sister in Christ and she's now like secured in heaven as of yesterday in some time inside of our coach. And she's like, you know, I mean, if it's not real, then what's the harm? You know, like what, what, what if it is like, it was just like, why not? I'm going to be curious about this journey. So I would say, come, come from a place of curiosity. Um, come from a place of like, why not just ask him, just be like, you know, Hey God, can you like, help me out here? Show me, show me who you are or bring some people in my life. Cause I'm super curious about you. That's totally cool. I mean, he, he would love that. And, you know, I'm not one that typically says if you're especially super new and not sure, I'm not going to say just jump in your Bible because it can be super duper confusing. But if you were to definitely go to the Gospels, you know, the story of Jesus, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, Luke or John, like at least when you read those, you can read a little bit more about Jesus and kind of start to see like what kind of person he was. And then, um, like I said, the Bible app's great. And I really just say, like, reach out to, to a friend, like reach out to Shelby, like reach out to me. You'll be able to find me and her and just ask, say, hey, I'm really curious about this conversation. Like what, 
what else can you tell me? And, you know, I'm sure you're the same. I'm, I'm an open book. You can just voice message me <laughs> and I'm going to get back to you. So yeah, those are some, I think those are some great ways. I think us women who are, you know, we found our faith and we're moving forward in this world. We live to serve at this moment. And mm-hmm. I think what you are doing is so huge. And I'm sure you are just helping so many women who really need that. And I think what you're doing is great. So I wanted to see if you could share a little bit about what it is specifically that you do and where people can find you if they are needing help. Yeah, for sure. First place to go is the podcast and you can find that on Apple, Spotify, same places. I'm sure yours is, um, set free sisterhood is the name of it. And, uh, cause it's going to really give you just a little bit more about me and just about, you know, if you are struggling and drinking or your mindset. And then I do have a Facebook group, same name. And then Coach Michelle Porterfield over on Instagram is where you can direct message me. That's where I love if you just want to pop in there and voice message. And if you've never done it before, type the message and then I'll teach you how because sometimes there's people like, I've never done a voice message. It's great. You can get so much more said (laughs) than trying to take time typing. And really what I do is just, I mean, I have a conversation with you if you're just curious about coaching or what it would be like, if maybe, you know, you feel like, you know, alcohol has become a little bit more important to me than I would like it. Cool thing is you don't have to out yourself. You don't have to go to a group. You can safely have a conversation and I will teach you not only how to, you know, remove it, Like I said, we're going to work on reigniting your faith or even helping you answer those faith questions and what it even means to renew your mind, like how how to shift the fact that your thoughts are creating your reality and you get to shift that like I get to help you do it and I can help you understand that your emotion, your emotions are all meant to be there and teach you how to process them so they're not so scary um, cause I know that's a lot of going on, especially with probably your women too. Like w- I'm sure we've, we've spent a lot of time pushing things down, hiding what we really feel, not allowing our emotions to show up because we're embarrassed or is too vulnerable. And then we just work out, work on creating your personal recipe to really build, rebuild your life. And so that you can truly be fulfilled. I mean, that is, that is the game changer. so happy you decided to join us today and to listen to Michelle's story and all of the amazing wisdom that she brought to the table today. If you are looking to find her, you can go ahead and head on over to the show notes and all of the links will be there for you. Finding Faith Above was created out of my experiences with God's direction to help others find truth, identity, and faith after leaving the church. Our purpose is to know Jesus and to make him known. Here at Finding Faith Above, I try to help you find that peace that only Jesus can bring. If you're carrying around a load of baggage and you need some help unloading some of that, head on over to findingfaithabove.com where I can help you to go ahead and set some of that baggage down and to move on with your faith journey. See you next time.